Hi, I'm Noah Goldstein, and welcome to the Heartseed Health Podcast. Together, we're learning to cultivate health as we talk to incredible, health-inspiring people about projects, programs, and events. Today, I'm here with Wendy Stern, founder and executive director of the Grief Support Network. Wendy has been dedicating her life to supporting people heal and transform through the process of grief. The Grief Supports Network mission, programs, and network of resources are inspired and informed by Wendy's personal experience of loss and professional background as a yoga therapy practitioner, yoga instructor, teacher, and group facilitator. She's been she's devoted the past 20 years of her life to being a student and teacher of yoga, and she has a bachelor's in psychology and is a certified yoga therapist. Um, she's here on the show with us today, and we're so grateful to have you here with us. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Noah. It's good to be here. Great. Um, so I'd love to start just with you sharing a little bit about what the Grief Support Network is and how and why you started it. Okay. Well, um, the Grief Support Network, uh, I started in 2012, and it came out of my own personal experience of loss. Um, like many of us, when we go through something, you know, challenging, difficult, and often transformative, um, you know, I, I had the need to do something with that and to find a way to give back and to offer people the support, others the support that I didn't, I didn't fully have. Um, and so, so where my story began here was my husband and I, we lost, um, we lost our son and his name happened to be Noah. Mm. Um, and he was our first child. And um, the experience kind of opened us up to parts of ourselves and um, kind of the depths of experience, I think, more than we even knew it was possible. And um, that experience led to a journey uh, for me personally and for my husband and I together. And a part of our story is that after he died, we, um, we, we traveled and we, we set out in search of something that would help us deal with our pain mm. and that would help us make sense of this thing that was like, you know, that we couldn't make sense of that was unfathomable. Mm. And a few weeks after he died, we, um, we left the country and we traveled to Bali, Indonesia and Thailand. Mm. And we were actually on our way, um, to India and, and we had quite a voyage planned, but we were really seeking a culture that could offer us some different tools, different perspective. And what we found there is really, I think, the driving force for me um, behind creating the Grief Support Network. And it was, it was the way that people um, simply related to us. Mm-hmm. We found that here, even though our, our friends and our family showed up, like really showed up, we've got good people around us. Um, it was, as a culture, just just going to the grocery store or whatever, people didn't know how to be with us. They didn't, even, they didn't know what to say. It was hard for them to look at us. It was always the elephant in the room. Right. And that was uncomfortable. And that brought its own stress and grief. And so it was interesting, these other cultures, that you know we'd meet people um, and they would see our pain all over us because this was only a few weeks after he had died. And what they would do is they would lean in closer towards us rather than back away. Wow. And they wanted to hear our story. It was like they were comfortable with our grief and they, they saw death as a part of life and they had this way of opening 
their hearts and I think their minds even to the conversation as well as rituals to kind of work through it that was incredibly eye-opening for us and I think it showed us another way to be with our grief that allowed us to to actually grieve rather than having to hold it in and to pretend we were okay Mm -hmm. when we were very much not Um, and it gave us just this little snapshot of everything what was possible um you know a part of that journey was was diving into mindfulness practices meditation which was already very much a part of my life but to kind of see it held in mass through the culture not just like sitting in meditation class but like how they live their lives again it, it was it was such powerful teachings on actually how to be with grief to be present wow. to actually learn to be mindful and to stay with these feelings rather than push them away so um so this is just some of the backstory of what kind of led to the Grief Support Network. Um, we were very blessed on this journey to have conceived our next child, my daughter Hannah, wow. uh, like a month, a month pretty much the day after Noah died. Um, and that was, that was huge. It gave us a reason to get up in the morning and um, that, that little spark mm-hmm. really helped us to, um, to want to step back into life rather than not. Um, but when we came home, it was really diff- It was really difficult. And we didn't stay as long as we had planned with morning sickness and mm. just a pregnancy. Um, but when we did, it was really hard to fit into the place that we once were. And this is a pretty common thing that people tend to go through, is just feeling like, well, they're not who they were. I mean, I felt like I wasn't who I was. And that people don't know how to relate to you in this kind of change you're going through, this identity shift. And also, again, just that cultural discomfort. Um, and so, so we, we did our best to, to just kind of, you know, kind of move through our life. And my daughter Hannah was born and life kind of started again. Um, but when she was almost two years old, I felt really ready to do something with this big thing that had happened. Right. And um, before I had Noah and Hannah, um, I had spent a decade working as a Phoenix Rising yoga therapist. And um, I did largely individual work, but I also facilitated um, groups using yoga and meditation and this like really brilliant way of facilitating a group. Um, uh, This process was founded by Michael Lee, uh, the, the person who created Phoenix Rising. And it gave me this like model or this like way to to help people you know kind of move through you know kind of powerful experiences and so i decided to run a group specifically for brief parents Mm. and this really was the seed form of the grief support network and this small group of like eight people um it really changed my life to see what was possible when you brought when we when you come together in community of, of of people who had all been through loss and just what happened when we like open our hearts to each other and to have a safe space where people could talk and share and could be totally real with what they were feeling, where they could show up messy if that's how they were feeling, if they could really just be authentic in their pain and hear each other's stories and be supported. And what I found was these, these amazing tools that had like helped me through my own loss, uh, yoga and meditation, were like the most brilliant, perfect tools to help people get into their bodies, um, which is where the grief actually lives, and to learn to, to be present with themselves and to kind of track their emotions and their thoughts and all of that so that they could 
begin to move through it. Um, so, so this group was really significant. And the other thing that started happening is everybody was asking for a referral of some sort. Mm. Um, people were looking for body workers and therapists and acupuncturists. And, and I had done like every healing modality <laughs> available myself because I just needed that much support yeah. as people do. Um, yeah. that I started matchmaking people and it was really fun. Like it felt so good for me oh. to connect, you know, this person, you know, and to kind of know them well enough to get a sense of who they are and what they need. And then to know these amazing healers. And it brought me so much joy to see people get the support they needed. Yeah. And so that is what really led to the creation of the grief support network. Wow. And when we started, um, we started out as a referral network. And I built a, a network of 50 practitioners, mm -hmm. amazing individuals in the Boulder, Denver community, um, all different disciplines, um, psychotherapists, and again, body workers, energy workers, every kind of healing I could find. And um, when people would, would come to us, we would connect them to these different services. And, um, and, and our mission early on was to like help people figure out what they needed to show them where to find it and to help them pay for it. And um, this really came from my own experience of when I was going through my own loss. I like, even though I knew all these amazing people myself, I just didn't know which end was up and I had no idea what to do. Right. I was floundering. Yeah. And what I wanted was for someone to take my hand and to like walk me through the process, uh -huh. to like literally wrap their arms around me and to, and to, and to guide me through. Yeah. So this is what, this is what I wanted to give. Um, I, I found out pretty quickly, uh, being new to running a nonprofit, that this wasn't a, a very sustainable model. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and that the individual services was a piece of the puzzle, but not all of it. Hmm. And what was missing was community. Uh -huh. So we had this amazing network, but when people came to our grieving, they got sent to an individual. And that was very supportive for them. Right. But, but the mission started growing as I started growing to realize that, you know, this was really about empowering people to transform through their experience of grief and that there was something really important around breaking the stigma mm -hmm. around grief in our culture. So that was kind of the next evolution of the Grief Support Network was to create community programs. Um, it's, it's continuing to grow and evolve yeah. as I do and as the people that we work with. And, you know, where our mission really stands today is like taking that and kind of, you know, evolving it even one step further. And, and what the Grease Support Network is about, in addition to our amazing network, is, is, a, is not just bring people into the community, but, but like we're really taking a stand on this mindfulness component. Mm. So our work is to offer um, a mind-body approach to grieving through personal growth work and the art of listening, teaching people how to witness each other and how to express themselves authentically. And for all of that to happen so that they can heal um, and, and to do that in connection with themselves uh -huh. and community. Uh -huh. So this, is, this has been a bit of our process that's led wow. to where we are today. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's really, because um, even I knew, I knew a little bit, but I didn't actually know the whole story. And that's hearing about the different stages and the different steps really um so so do you think 
are you accomplishing your mission? Do you feel like you're actually like they, there's community and there's things are changing and totally. Yeah, I do. And you know, we, I'm finding that it's happening, um, just very organically at this time. You know, we, we've done some events and programs where we bring a ton of people together and that's amazing. There's a lot of energy in that. Um, but, but where I'm finding like the most, that we're creating the most impact right now is through our yoga therapy program. And this is an opportunity to bring people into these very intimate groups, um, you know, eight to 10 people or so, and to give people a space to show up very consistently. Mm -hmm. Like once a week, we do this for nine months, um, where you commit to your healing and you have this sacred circle to be held in. So I think even my thoughts on community is changing that it's not always you know, bigger is better. Right. I'm finding that yeah. there's something around this intimacy and that the depths of connection that we're able to create. And, you know, the yoga is a big, is a big piece of that. Um, because people, they not only have this collective container where they're held in a community, but they have an individual container within themselves, which yoga offers us. And there's something very, I think, unique, especially when it comes to grief around having both. Um, and you may hear a lot of people say that grief is a very personal journey and it is, you know, there's no timeline for it. There's no, um, like rule book. Uh -huh. There's no one way we should, we, we do this. Right. So that can be, um, lonely yeah. for people and it can be isolating to feel like you're on this path alone. Uh -huh. Um, but the truth is, you know, each one of us have to find our own way. Right. So in, in our yoga practice, we have this individual opportunity to go in and to really be with all that is shifting and changing, all the emotions that are there, as well as, you know, some of the memories or the trauma or some of the things that are kind of still being held in ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we also have this in, this collective mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. to know that we're maybe going through it in our own way, but we're not alone. And that is a big message of the Grief Support Network for people to feel connected. Yeah, I actually think connection is like the greatest way that we have to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to circle back, you know, you mentioned the cultural piece yeah. and um, I'm curious about whether or not your own, I, I don't, I don't know what your background is as far as religion or culture and whether or not there was any structure there within that container. And if, that like if that was supportive or in what ways it wasn't supportive and it failed you and then um yeah i'm so glad you asked about that um well i am jewish and i was raised that way so it's a big part of my identity and at the time that noah died we were very new in kind of connecting the Jewish community. Okay. And it's interesting because there was this kind of whole congregation of people that we barely knew, but these 200, 300 people, whatever, showed up more for us than even some of the people who knew us the best. Wow. It was, it was amazing actually. Like the Jews know how to do <laughs> grief. I'll just say that. Um, okay. There was structure. That's mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. There was like a protocol. There was yeah. like, you do this and you do this and you do this. I mean, one of the parts that I actually don't, think about too often and certainly don't talk about is this practice that Jews have after um, someone dies where there's a group of people who sit with the body. Mm -hmm. You may know about this. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. yeah. And um, it's, it's funny that this is even coming up right now because it's a little bit part of 
some of my old memories, but um, it's a, an incredible thing, just the respect and like the honoring of a loved one that goes into that. And they really, they really honor the spirit of an individual. And we felt incredibly held by the Jewish community. Sitting Shiva is, is an incredible practice. Um, that is, for those of you who don't know, it's where there's a period of time where you, where you sit and people come to your home and it's a chance to talk about your loved one and there's prayers and there's a, there's a way to mark it. Like we found in Bali, mm-hmm. um, they, there was ritual. There was like concrete actions. They gave you some, something to do and some way to like work with right. the feelings that were there. So yeah, I think my Jewish um, background has actually informed some of the like teachings and things that have come forward through the grief support network okay. because it offered that that structure yeah yeah okay wow and um but it sounds like it, it it was it was incredibly supportive but it also wasn't enough well i think it's because it was it was just in these isolated moments it wasn't the cultural way uh-huh. it was like these people would come to our home for several days and it was really helpful but then that was done right and we were new to this community so these weren't the people we were interacting with in our day-to-day right um but their their cards and their love it meant a lot uh-huh. um but as a cult but that wasn't the experience we had in our culture mm-hmm. at large if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah and we found that that it was like you know jews had this perspective had this perspective that was helpful and they had these rituals but what we found in bali and thailand was it was really just it was the culture where they lived that really allowed us to settle in in can a different you, way can you say anything about like what it, what what about that culture i mean you mentioned just the the leaning in and the being comfortable with pain and suffering and your grief it was so simple it was people being willing to hear about it like asking questions and talking to us about it it was really simple things it was like the opportunity to express what was true and to not have to pretend that we were okay um and i also think the rituals were a part of it like in bali particularly is an incredibly devotional place to be Mm. and we went to we visited different temples and there were different rituals going on that weren't even necessarily about grief, but they were, they 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 had these ways of like marking like different, um, you know, milestones or times. You know, one of them was like just it was marking the full moon. They had like a full moon ritual, and it was like, it was so it was so healing to see that there was these ways that people could like express these things that we all go through and feel. Um, and in Thailand, it was a little bit subtler. It was just the culture itself and their ability to be present, which was huge. Mm. And um, again, it was just the way people related to us. Um, and it wasn't even just the, the people in those cultures. It, it was kind of, there were people from, we met from all over the world. Right. So it was also Europeans. There were, there yeah. were different people and it was, it was really, it was really healing for us um, on many levels. And it's interesting, two of our best friends actually are on a, an airplane to Thailand right now. Wow. Um, and in just the lead up to their trip, um, Brian and I have been reflecting a lot on that time oh, in our lives. Yeah. And just the lens we had of there. So sometimes I'm like, okay, how much of this is all really true? Or <laughs> like the lens, right? you know, yeah. I was in deep grief. Uh-huh. But it was incredible because we were so open and uh-huh. so receptive. And, and one thing that I want to say is that, is that I experienced grief as a catalyst for really powerful change. 
for personal growth on so many levels. And I think our time abroad was just like the very beginning of that spark. Mm. But it was my yoga practice, my personal practice, that I think was the most healing part of my journey and what actually gave me a way to work through the different layers to like touch in with all the hard stuff. Uh Um, My core wounds, it really brought me to those dark, dark places um, so that I can find my way, you know, it sounds cliche, but back into the light so that I could open my heart. And grief does that. It, it breaks you open. Right. But through that, we have, we gain this capacity to feel more. And I, and I, and back to the cultural thing in those cultures, it felt safe, I think, to feel more and to be expressive in those ways. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of what I, what I, what I hope and want to bring here is, is teaching people how to, um, work with that thing that's happening in their hearts, that opening, which leads to more greater vulnerability, which leads to greater authenticity in our relationships Mm -hmm. and ultimately more joy. Wow. So, wow. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think we tend to think of say the British as, as very, uh, stoic and, Mm -hmm. and not, not expressive. And, and I think, you know, it's all relative and there's this element of like, oh, well, even we maybe in our culture have become less able to express and be open. And um, I'm curious what you think it is about yoga that is so helpful. Well, there's a lot I could say, but I think the, the most important piece is that you know, we can, it's good to talk about it. And, I, and, I, and as I said, you know, my time away, it was amazing to be able to talk freely about all these thoughts and feelings. But I think for me, talking alone just mm-hmm. is never going to get me there mm-hmm. because grief lives very much in our bodies. Um, this is where we hold experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, yoga is one of the most powerful ways I know to get into your body and to feel more instead of less. Mm. So through yoga, when we're um, connecting with our breath, our breath immediately takes us in and through our breath and then through the different postures and the guidance to be paying attention and noticing what's happening inside. Um, it allows us to actually feel all those feelings more. Um, and, and the physical, you know, aspect of it opens us so that there can be some release. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people going through grief feel like they have to work so hard to keep it together. And that's like a mental thing, but it's also a physical thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone who's going through a hard time, grief or anything else, may have the experience of going to a yoga class and all of a sudden you find yourself crying and you don't know why. Right. I think that's pretty common. And it's because yoga, it, it allows that release and it brings us in closer contact to ourselves. So we feel ourselves more, um, all of it. Um, it and it, it allows for that letting go so that we can begin to release some of the burden that we carry, some of the burden of our grief, some of the burden of our pain. And it brings us closer to, I think, our very center, our soul essence. Uh-huh. Um, you know, some may call it God. I mean, whatever, whatever you call that, but it brings us in greater connections, not just ourselves, but I think everything and everyone. Right. And that is powerful medicine when you feel isolated and you're grieving and you're alone and you're hurting so badly. Yeah. So there's a lot of components to it. Uh, it's really bringing together kind of the physical 
thing that it, that it does and also just the emotional the spiritual the energetics it kind of gives you a, a lot of bang for your buck <laughs> um, and I want to say that meditation is a huge part of this not all yoga you know includes a meditation practice but I actually think that's one of the most powerful parts of our program is this time and the space we take to go in and really watch ourselves mm. to watch our thoughts to check in with our physical bodies emotional mental and spiritual parts of ourselves and to to you know not only check in but to really be present with whatever arises there and then to be able to set an intention for ourselves on how we want to move forward with that so there's something around this that offers some like self-accountability um, mm. where we can clarify like what it is we're, we're working with and what it is we want to do. So there's some empowerment in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And it sounds like, so, so in, in this, the program that you, that you run through the grief support network, um, do people come in and then, and start out with yoga and then meditation and then there's a sharing circle or is it, how does it's actually just the opposite okay. um and it's funny because i used to teach it just like that in the very beginning mm -hmm. um, but what i found was that when people come in you know there there can be some resistance to coming to a grief group once a week you know a okay. grief focused group um even though many people say that they look forward to it as well but you know it's like you know you're gonna be confronted with your own shit you know it's right. like dropping in with your stuff yeah um and so where we start is we start with meditation we start the first 20 minutes of our time is like kind of talking about the theme we're working with and then dropping into our own practice. And it's a chance to transition from our daily life outside and to really connect in with our breath and our bodies and to, and to come inside. So we begin there and then we take a little time to journal. So we have a chance to just kind of put it on paper and to write, free write about whatever it is that we noticed. And then we go into our sharing circle, which is often like kind of the meat of our time and in a sharing circle it's offered differently than than some support groups may be and there's not like a conversation or a dialogue that happens it's really each person being fully seen and heard um, so we, we really acknowledge the power of being witnessed in your authentic experience so each person will share completely um, whether it be something they, they notice in the meditation or something that happened that week or whatever it is, it's in their heart to share. And then the facilitator will offer a reflection, will, will validate what they've said, let them know that they're being heard, and will also often kind of pull out what's sometimes beneath what they've said, mm. the deeper layers, mm. and to reflect back their potential, mm. their light, you know, to help them, them even see parts of themselves that, that maybe they didn't, they weren't able to fully acknowledge. Mm. Um, and each person in the group listens and learns. Um, it's, it's a learning community that is created through this process. Um, and so that is an important part of our, of our two hour, you know, class each week. And then after that, we do yoga and we practice. And what we, what I found is that a lot of emotion can come up through the meditation and the sharing. Uh -huh. It's very kind of intimate and, and people become quite vulnerable and, and it's beautiful to watch that. But the yoga gives it a place to go. It's like then uh -huh. all this emotion, all this energy has a way to move. Right. Um, and, 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 and that's where we go from there. And then we, we close with relaxation and an integration meditation that helps participants 
take what they've learned from their practice and really look at how that integrates into their life. Wow. So there's a we, there's really a bridge we create between the practice and like how this is going to show up for folks. And then to go in and, and find, you know, our own inner wisdom. Um, what I learned through my Phoenix Rising training, so I think I learned it in every way, is that, you know, we are our own, there's, is that there's no one who can tell us what we need or how we should be or really the answers to our questions more than we can find mm-hmm. from within. Basically, the answers are within. Yeah, um, yeah. And grief is a powerful teacher. So each class, we have a chance to go in and to just see what guidance is there from within ourselves. Wow. Wow. Um, so it sounds like you you really took that vacuum that of there, there not being ritual or structure or for people in our culture, in our world here in Boulder and uh, in the United States, and you built, you created what what works for you, and in a in a way that that other people can can use it, and that's just so beautiful. And I'm sure that there are many, many, many people out there that are, are grateful, so grateful for for that. Thank you. I mean, I it's it's a it's a daily practice, you know, to continue to kind of refine it and to work with myself around it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really does bring me a lot of joy to be in these spaces because the thing is I'm learning from each and every one of the people who join these programs too. Like I, um, I feel like a, a lot of the educational piece is actually normalizing what each and every person is feeling. Right. Um, because there's a lot of like projections around what we should and shouldn't feel mm-hmm. when we're going through a hard time. So some of it is normalizing. And it is me just being right in there with the pot with each and every person. Um, you know, my loss was 10 years ago. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily in the same place as someone who's, it was a year ago, but I remember. And there are moments in my life where I'm right back there again. Right. And I feel like I learn from the people who come through the program by watching their transformation, by watching them bump up against themselves and their struggles and the things that have probably always been there, even mm-hmm. before their loss, that their loss maybe shed a light on. Right. And it's incredible to watch people um, navigate it and to um, be so courageous. Yeah. To like keep digging deeper, and and through that, what they find is is I th- what I often see is just greater self love and acceptance. That's really beautiful. There's a sense of alchemy Mm. um i know in the in the chinese medicine tradition um grief is is associated with um the element of metal Mm -hmm. and and metal is is the one thing that has to get refined Mm. right it it has to go through a process yeah to to really come out true and you have to be able to in that refinement process let go that's yeah. what, which is really what grief is, this process of letting go to, to extract the essence, letting go of what you don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, and the organs that help us with that process in the Chinese medicine system are the lungs, mm-hmm. which are all about breathing in and mm-hmm. taking in what we need and then breathing out what we don't need. And then the large intestine, which even more clearly are about getting rid of what we don't need. 
-hmm. after we extract the last of the essence of what we do. Um, I'm curious, and we are running out of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Just lastly, if so, grief is generally something we, uh, at least I associate with, with death. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there are any people who are coming for grief support who aren't necessarily dealing with the death of a loved one, but maybe some other Definitely. loss. Definitely. Okay. Um, yes, thank you for bringing that up. We really honor loss as loss. And anyone who is grieving, we are here to support that. And we work with people who have not only lost a loved one, but loss of a relationship is huge. You know, as we change, our relationships can too. So we offer support for that. Maybe it's the loss of a job or um, or a part of yourself that you no longer recognize. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe there was an illness or an accident and, and you've lost a life that you once knew. Mm-hmm. So we really, we don't judge um, one as greater than the other. It's all valid and it's all something we're here to hold. Um, the other thing I, I want to speak to is that with loss often comes the breakdown of our capacity to function in the world. This is mm. no matter who you are, um, when you have you know the ground taken out from underneath you, something's going to give. Yeah. And, and for many people, that means they're not able to do their job and just uh-huh. show up in the world right. the way that they once were. And this is something I'm sensitive to because it was certainly the case for my husband and I after we lost our son. Yeah. And one of the challenges that the Grief Support Network has had has been making our programs accessible to everyone who needs it. And in these last few years, we've been working hard to raise money to, you know, to offset a lot of our costs to just offer the work that we do but this year we have taken a stand and I feel really really good about it and we have created a scholarship fund to help people pay for the program if they need financial assistance Um, we have named this our Noah Schuyler Fund in honor of my son Um, it's actually the Noah Schuyler Scholarship Fund and I had like the pleasure of telling three people last Friday that the Grace Sport Network was giving them a scholarship, wow. um, whether it be partial or full, or as much as we were able to, 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 to do the program. And these are people who, who probably wouldn't have been able to otherwise. And this money, what's even more beautiful, is that the, the scholarship fund is being created largely by people who have benefited from the program. Wow. Who have been through it, and it made a difference in their lives. So now they're giving back. They're paying it forward. Mm. And they're touching the lives of other people. And it is absolutely filling me up. And it is a restricted fund. So when people donate into this fund, it will only go towards, you know, paying for people to, to participate in the program. And this is a huge goal of mine this year, is to continue to grow this scholarship fund and wow. to offer as much scholarship as is needed for people to get what they need. And it's really hard to ask for help when you're in a tough spot. And it's even harder to maybe ask for it and to then not be able to afford to do it. Yeah. So um, accessibility is something that the Grief Support Network is really working on. Wow. And, you know, we are, we are putting it out there to the community to support this. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's say someone's listening right now and either they are going through some sort of loss or someone close to them is, or they're just feeling so inspired that they want to contribute. How, how do they find the grief support network? How do they find you if they want to connect with you personally? Great. 
Um, well, a couple things. One is the best way to find us is through our website, okay. and that is griefsupportnet.org. Um, I'll say it again. It's griefsupportnet.org. And if you want to connect with me personally, you can find my email there, which is wendy at griefsupportnet.org. Um, and you can see our upcoming programs. Um, there's a page where you can learn more about um, contributing to the NOAA Schuyler Scholarship Fund, or if you want to just make a donation to help our organization grow, we are so grateful. And even more importantly, if you are someone who is going through lost yourself right now and you are seeking a community to hold you and support you through it, um, our next nine-month program starts um, in about a week and a half. Oh, wow. February 1st, we okay. start our next nine-month journey. Um, and we do have a handful of spaces left and we really welcome you to join us. Um, if this is something that you're kind of sitting with and you're not ready for that kind of a commitment, we do have six week introductory courses that happen every other month, which give you a chance to kind of try it, you know, taste it, see if it works for you. And the next one of those begins in March. Okay. Um, so if you're seeking support, we are we are here to help. And the the net the website also has, still has that um, has a list. It of does. It local does. Practitioners. If you're seeking whether it be a therapist or anything else, um, please go to our network of providers in our directory on our website. And if you're looking at all those names and you have no idea what's for you, please feel free to reach out and mm. we can point you in the right direction. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for. Um, taking the time to to share and for all of the incredible work that you're doing and um i hope all of our listeners are feeling as uplifted and inspired and and connected to spirit as i am in this moment and um yeah any last words or and just thank you Noah, for the thank opportunity you. it's been really lovely getting to chat with you and to kind of share what i know and yeah, grateful for the opportunity. Great. Um, I just want to say a special thank you to um, Sarah Emmett, who has provided the music that's at the beginning and the end of this podcast. And I've never formally thanked her. So um, look forward to um, connecting with everyone again in the future. You're always welcome to uh, share this with someone that you know who might appreciate it. Um, you can go and like it on Facebook or the um, iTunes. You can rate it, the podcast, if you like it. Just feel free to spread this this love and joy and beauty. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Oh, the seeds we sow must break open in order to grow. Shed their skin